Right, we're back with the Burst Boss Scottish Football Podcast. I am Hamish Carton. He is Craig Gamble. Evening, Hamish. Good to be back on. Evening, Craig. Callum Scott. Hi, delighted to be here as always. Good to have you on. And we've got our special Livy guest joining us for the first time in the Burst Boss Scottish Football Podcast. It's Callum from the Talk Livy Podcast. Callum, thanks for joining us, mate. Right, lads, how are we doing? Thanks very much for having me on. Good to have you on. We're going to have a chat about your team, obviously. Um, we, we spoke with Brandon for We Are Hamilton in the last podcast, so we thought we'd give Livy a shot as well, given that you guys are looking for a manager at the moment. Um, just tell us a wee bit about what the script is with, with Livy at the moment. Is is Martindale going to be the man to take his forward? Yeah, um, I, I think David Martindale probably should be given a chance. You know, it's, it seems that sort of the, that's what the board are looking to do, you know. There's that the, the key word sort of being continuity over the last couple of you know weeks and even seasons. You know, Davy and the, his backroom staff have been sort of there, you know, since since it all started. You know, back in uh, League One, Davy's been like a key part under Hopkins. He was obviously assistant coach, but um, you know, involved a lot. I don't think that's a secret. But um, Davy Davy does a, a power of work behind the scenes, um, and as well under Gary Holt, you know. Kenny Miller came in, that didn't really work out. Um, and Davy was sort of there in between Kenny Miller going away and uh, Gary Holt coming in. So he sort of took a wee bit of training and stuff. So I think he's he got the players' blessing as well. I think that the players are really, have really warmed to him and things. Um, Gary Holt was, you know, fantastic. And obviously very sad to see him go on, on a personal note as well because, you know, he was he was fantastic to interview and things after games. But, um, you know... Uh, I think we should go with Davy. Obviously, there's that structure in place that, that's spoken about a lot with the, the backroom staff. And you know, if a new manager was to come in, maybe the, the club doesn't have the finances or whatever to you know get, get rid of a, a goalie coach and a, a fitness coach and a, you know, I say a Tommy Wright or whoever could come in and bring in his own guys or whatever. We've got that structure in place, and I, I think Davy personally suits it a lot. And uh, as I say, the, the players have his have his blessing so I mean and he's done himself no harm at all um, the, the recent results so yeah I'd personally like to like to see him given a given a chance Yeah definitely I mean Gary Holt left I think he said he'd taken Livy as far as he could I think a certain other ginger manager in the top flight should take note of that from my point of view um, <laughs> proper management there from, from Gary Holt he realised he'd taken Livy to as far as he could and the results hadn't been, you know, of the standard um, of last season and the season before, and and he stepped away. But in terms of Martindale, Callum, I mean, we we've spoken the podcast. I think it was the last show, and I think it was you two as well that were on with me, and we were kind of talking about how Martindale is the the brains behind it all, and he's effectively the manager, even though he's been the number two over the last couple of kind of regimes. But from what you know about what happens at Livy, Callum, like what influence does Martindale? have and, and what influence has he had over like Gary Holt and even David Hopkins before that? Um, I, I don't know it's a bit of a strange one because I think you know the stuff I've heard in the past as well over like um, just like social media or uh, I think it was Alan Preston at the weekend on uh, BBC Sportsman was sort of just like I don't know I, I thought it was quite disrespectful towards you know Hopkins and, and Gary Holt you know I don't think these are guys I, I've personally had dealings with them myself they're guys that wouldn't you know be a puppet or whatever it was that sort of the the phrase was used. I think Davy's obviously got a big part um, in in our success. I don't think it's been sort of I wouldn't say he's the main man, but he's certainly been you know involved a lot. Um, sort of 
not managing along with, with uh, Holt and Hopkins, but he's certainly been, you know, had a lot of input um, and things. But um, I, I don't necessarily see that as a as a bad thing. <clears throat> um, Gary Holt, as I say, was absolutely excellent. He's obviously left off his off his own accord, and as you said, Tamish, he's. I think he feels just he's, he's taken us too far, and uh, yeah, I think I think Davy, as I've touched on there, is you know been through it all, seen it and done it, and uh, yeah, he's got he's got the players' blessing and things, and uh, hopefully it's a sign of good things to come with how well we've done over the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's it's that far as if like he's the the brains behind it all. He's obviously got a lot of input, and he's got you know he's done he's done a a lot for the club. Um, I think he came in about six years ago, so is obviously was was part of the team that was relegated. You know, he's part of the coaching staff that was relegated, but himself and and Hopkins and Gary Holt have got us to where we are. And uh, a lot of that's down to him, but not not all of it, I would say. But he's he's got to be given a, a ton of credit as well for turning his life around as well, as you imagine you'll have, you'll have seen. Sorry, the, the the article and things over the the last few days. I mean, is that obviously you say he has, he has turned his life around, and his life I think was in quite a, a bad place a decade or so ago. Maybe it was the early two thousand, something like that. Um, is there any like worries about having the manager of Livingston being someone with that kind of checkered history, or you know, is it a case of he has turned things around and he's almost you know a positive um, example of what can be done if you find yourself in the wrong place? I mean, yeah. In my opinion, it's sort of the the the, the latter. That's the it's the positive. You know, I generally do believe he's turned his life around. Obviously, he's he's gone on record now and spoken about it himself. But having dealt with Davy, you know, myself uh, personally, he's one of the nicest guys I've certainly dealt with in football. You know, I'm still still young, sort of up and coming, wanting to become a a sports journalist or whatever. And uh, he's he didn't have to at all help me out or anything, but he got me involved with the club media side of things and I do commentary and things for Livy which is you know without Davy I'd, I'd probably not not be doing so he's been fantastic on that front and I think the club over the last few years have you know given guys a, a second chance you just got to look at you know maybe Alan Lithgow who's obviously mm-hmm. had his past Declan Gallagher as well mm-hmm. um, club are notorious for, for giving guys a chance and you know that's all part of the, the justice system in my opinion you know you've, you've served your, your time or whatever and you, they've been you know, all of them in my opinion have rebuilt their lives and you know I, I think that's a credit to the club as well It's a really good point I hadn't thought about um, Lithgow and, and Gallica uh, Callum Scott what do you think is, is Martindale going to be the, the guy to take Livy forward have you heard any other names mentioned with the job? <laughs> no 100% I mean as and I even spoke to Callum before we came on that we've obviously had the kind of the joke about it and as I said all the, the whispers in Scottish football but I mean there's no doubt obviously with the, the managers that that's worked, that he's worked with over this period of time I mean he does deserve credit for the the success that, that Livingston have, have had over what, the last four or five years and um, I think especially with, with what Callum says I mean the infrastructure's already in place for him to take over if the players seem happy I mean, it does seem a bit like a no-brainer. And if he's worked under all these managers before and been a positive influence in the dressing room, and it's clear to see that, even for the, the couple of media clips I've seen it, looks like he's got a good relationship with everybody. It's, I think it's only fair that, that he does get a chance um, in the hot seat himself and then um, obviously j- just to see what he's made of. And I, I, I think that it should be that. I, I don't know what other names are really, are really in the frame. I mean, it's because I think it's probably got to be a formality that, that it will be Martindale that will take the job but um, 
I, I don't know what, what other names are, are, are really linked to it at this moment in time. I, I spoke to, to John Hughes for, for part of the work that, that I do with the, the Celtic YouTube channel that I run and, and I spoke to him at the end just off the record about whether he would want to get back into management and he actually said he was choking to get back into some sort of job so I just wonder if like that kind of job would be perfect for him. It seems like quite a good fit. I think he lives in the kind of Edinburgh way. Um, you can imagine Livy... Whether he'd go to a plastic pitch, I don't know, although he were Falkirk plastic back in the day, I can't remember. But um, whether he'd go to Livy, I don't know, but it's the kind of level and club I could see John Hughes being a perfect fit at. Uh, I wondered if someone, I know Livy battered him like last week, but someone like Mark Kerr or that at Air that's done an alright job, I wondered if he would he would be the kind of up-and-coming guy. Tommy Wright, obviously, you mentioned, Callum. What, what other kind of names have you heard on the Livy side of things? Um... John Hughes had been monitored, but I mean, I, I think he was in charge before and there was a couple of maybe comments he made, I think, that didn't really go down too well with owners. Was he at Livy before? I, he was I, at Livy. Um, having John Collins, wasn't it? They had like, some kind of mad like, uh, director right. of football thing and then he ended up getting, getting down south after it to um, Hartlepool, I think. So. Ah, right, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it didn't work out, but I mean, he thought he had it. I had his playing a lot of good football and stuff. Um, I think he, he developed youth as well, you know, like Scoogle and McNulty, I think, played under him. Cole Donaldson as well got his move to QPR at the time. But um I I don't think I, I don't think that, that would work out with John Hughes. Um again, he's obviously a fantastic coach, fantastic manager over the years. And but I think he I think his last job he was obviously relegated with, with Rafe Rovers. So mm. I mean it's not it wouldn't give me a lot of confidence, especially, you know, we aren't totally safe from relegation at the minute. I think that, again, as I touched on earlier, the continuity element of of Davy Martindale, I think, would be perfect. We've obviously forgot to mention Liam Fox has come in as well as uh, interim assistant. So you'd have to imagine if Davy was to get it on a permanent basis, then Fox is obviously a great up-and-coming coach. I think he was at Hearts. And obviously he was a, effectively a, a club legend with Livy as well as a player. He, he'd be coming in as well and sort of passing on his... Wisdom as well. Yeah, was Liam Fox the one that Hearts loaned out as a manager to like Cowdenbeath or something? Uh-huh. Am I completely? Ah, you're right. That. that was crazy. Yeah. That was just that was totally mental. Uh, Craig, what what do you think about Livy then for like the coming season or, or what's left of it? What what's their limit? Obviously, they finished fifth, I think, last year in the Premiership. Yeah. Where are he's now ninth, something like that at the moment. So there's uh, you know there's hope there for them, but it's all about getting that that right manager. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's probably why you would say, just as um, as, as Livy Cal was saying there, the, the continue continuity is that have I said that continuity. right? Continuity, continuity, yeah, um, is probably going to be important, and, and why I think that Martindale's probably the best fit for it. Um, yeah, the, I mean, the last couple of seasons, Livy have been great. Gary Holt obviously deserves a lot of credit for that, and it's why I think obviously. Libby fans especially will kind of look back fondly on his on his time in charge. Um, they had a kind of real identity about them. Obviously, was it ninth place and then in the first season back up and then fifth last season. Yep. Um, so yeah, like and then as you as you said, Hamish, this season they've kind of lost a bit of that identity. I felt, um, and he's kind of hold his hands up and said, "Look, doesn't feel like he's the right man to take them forward." So I think the. If Martindale was to take it on, I think it, it just it, it makes perfect sense from a kind of outside looking in. Um, obviously, the players are familiar with them, and in terms of this season, I don't know is is top half maybe a bit of a stretch again. 
uh, to, to kind of do that two seasons on the bounce. It might be, but it's it's not completely out of the question. Um, I wouldn't say out with the kind of top four. There's a lot between the other teams in the league, so definitely if, if Martindale can can get them playing as well as they obviously have done in, in the last kind of couple of weeks, great result obviously at the weekend there, then why not? Um, so I think, yeah, listening to Cam speaking there, it, it kind of, I would imagine a lot of Libby fans would be saying the same, that it just seems to make perfect sense for Martindale to finally kind of step into the, the main role. Um, and I, I'm sure if, yeah, uh, if they can continue the, the kind of turn the fortunes that they've had the last couple of weeks, then they can go and have another decent season. Yeah, I mean, it's not so long since I was at Livy. Livy Clyde, I think it was about three or four seasons ago. Livy were a, a League One team at the time. Like, it's, it's still remarkable that he's a gone so high and he's finished you know the fifth best team in Scotland last year it takes a bit of getting used to um, in terms of the Livy squad at the moment just before you go Callum who are the who are the players that have impressed you so far this season um, I really like uh, Serrano the left back and you know Alan Forrest scored some goals as well yeah no Serrano one of my favourites as well um, on loan for Monaco very good very good fullback sort of you know bombing down the wing um, him and Forrest actually have got quite a good link up as well down that left hand side um, Forrest, I think, could be maybe maybe a bit far going, you know, to, to what I'm about to say, but could be the sort of model of, of Lyndon Dykes in a way, like we bought from the the championship. You know, he's I think he's got nine goals already in all competitions. Mm. Dykes maybe got 12, 14 last season, so he's, he's not a million miles away. Obviously, different types of players, but you know, he could be the next one that we maybe look to sell on in, in a couple of seasons. Um, he's been he's been excellent so far. You know, big fan of. Nicky Devlin as well. He's, and for me at the minute, him and Scott Pittman are first names on the team sheet every week. Always at like a 7 out of 10 every week. Nicky Devlin's been fantastic. Got his first goal a couple of weeks ago as well. So um, I'm surprised he's not had a, maybe a look in, you know, in terms of the, the international thing. You know, you've seen guys like O'Donnell, who I'm, I'm a big fan of O'Donnell, especially when he was at Kelly. Um, Paul McGinn as well at Hibs. I mean, I don't think Devlin's a million miles off that. I'm obviously not tipping him for for a call-up at the minute, but um, I, don't, I don't think he's a million miles away and he's a fantastic bombing forward to right-back, which we've sort of integrated into our game a lot this year. You know, there's been that, I don't know if you usually have said it on here or not, but, um, you know, there's, there's the perception of the long ball team, etc. but, you know, we've, we've actually played a lot of decent stuff this, this year. Maybe that's that could be a factor as to why we've not got results, but, I mean, who knows? Um, so, yeah, no. Certainly, certainly got a lot, a lot of good players. You know, Jason Holt coming in as well, and I'd like to think that we'll be fine. We'll be more than fine come the end of the season. It's just been a slow start, but we've actually got the same amount of points um, at the minute um, than we did this time last season. So hopefully that's you know a good sign going forward, and we can, as Craig said, we can maybe get get into the top half again. Who knows? Yeah, definitely. Well, let's hope for for your sake that you can. Thanks very much for coming on. Uh, if you want to give a shout out for where people can listen to you and follow you on Twitter and all that kind of thing, if you want. Yeah, so um, myself, uh, you and Callum and Andy obviously do a, a Talk Livy podcast, so you'll find us um, over social media, mainly on Twitter, at, just at Talk Livy Podcast. Um, so yeah, go, go and check us out if, if you want. And uh, if you want to listen to my ramblings again, um, big thanks to you as well, guys, for uh, having me on. Uh, really enjoyed it. Right, that was Callum from the Talk Livy podcast. A nice fella, isn't he? Other Callum. 
Aye, absolutely. It's always a good namesake to to have there. But no, I obviously spoke really well. And as I said, we, we've all had the, the laugh before about, about Martindale. But obviously that's somebody that, that knows the club inside out and all the kind of work that he's he's doing with Levy. So I would obviously take what Callum says over my conspiracy theories that I've had over the last, the last few months. But no, so, some really interesting points. And um, I agree wholeheartedly that I think that it's, it's a pretty obvious choice um, and especially now that Martindale's actually come out and said that he wants a job um, I think it's hard hard for Livingston to turn down and, and, and two very good results and, and, and it, was, it wasn't like they were, they were really really struggling under Gary Holt either you know what I mean it was just mm. lacky consistency there um, so no, I think it's a no brainer and, and I'd expect Martindale to be to be announced as their kind of uh, full time manager come the next couple of days Definitely. Right, listener, we should let you know that we've changed the format a little bit of Burst Ball. Rather than running through all of the games and having to watch all the highlights and sports scene, I think we're going to focus on maybe three or four main talking points from the week. Uh, so, for example, Livingston would be a talking point in this one. Celtic, understandably, <laughs> will be a talking point in a few minutes. Um, we're also, I think, in this show going to touch on the, the Scotland World Cup draw. A few other bits and bobs that we can chat about at the end, but it's just a bit more of a magazine-style thing as opposed to, like, you know, rigid, this happened, they won 2-1, let's discuss the games, because I think it'll be funner for us to record, funner for you to listen to. So, anyway, let's get on to it. Um, Celtic are obviously probably the main talking point at the moment, just... Um, what the hell's going on, really? Uh, again, you guys should probably take the lead here and just batter questions at me because I'm just totally at a loss to, to what's happening at my club, to be honest. Uh, I, I'll take this one, uh, first of all, Cam, if you don't mind. No, <laughs> I, I, I think uh, i got to say, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it should be sacked and... No, I'm not. I'm saying it's not my place, and I know that's kind of setting it up as if I'm saying, "Oh, I'd love him to stay," but it's genuinely not that. It's obviously, um, I, I just, I'm very surprised that Neil Lennon is not only still in a job, um, but is kind of getting the continued backing of of the Celtic board. I mean, what I wanted to ask you, Hamish, I guess my kind of first thing I was. Uh, and and I thought we would we would talk about is what do you actually think is I mean, do you think the board believe that Lennon can turn it round, or like, I, I mean, I, why are they still kind of backing him as uh, passionately, I suppose, as they as they have been, and especially with that latest statement? It's difficult to answer that because you end up just sounding like a complete loony because some of the theories I've got do sound absolutely mental. Like one of the theories I've got is that they are just doing it to spite the supporters because they're mm. they're so. It, the things I'd been hearing it from inside Celtic a few weeks ago when we were initially struggling and there was initial calls for Lennon to go, was it the the board, you know, Dermot Desmond and Peter Law were bemused by what was happening with the support. They were bemused by the fact that supporters weren't happy with what was happening at the club. And I think they probably still feel like that. You can t see in the statements, and fair enough, the statement was wordy last night, but it was basically they could have just said, you know, fuck you and put a middle finger up because yeah. that, that's what it was to the support. It was just, we're not listening to you. We don't care. And we know you've only won two games in 12, which like, I think if Derek McInnes or um, Jack Ross went in that run, they'd be out the door, never mind, you know, the manager of Celtic, the team who have won... The, you know, the last nine league titles. And not only doing that, 
they've said we're going to give you another six or seven games. We're going to give you up until Ibrox. It just it honestly beggars belief. Why do I think they're doing it? Possibly to spite the supporters. Possibly Peter Law's away at the end of the season. That's been the rumours and he just thinks, why not? I might as well have one last laugh. Um, because I'm not going to have to deal with the repercussions of no one buying season tickets because nobody's going to buy season tickets next year. Uh, if Rangers romp the league, which I honestly think Rangers will win the league by you know double-figure points, we are going to shift... 25,000 season tickets next year if we're lucky honestly it's that bad it's 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 just absolutely remarkable the only positive for me is that getting out tickets for away games are going to be a bit easier because that's the only games I'm going to be going to I'm never going to be going to giving that board any money um but I'm I'm just totally at a loss I, I just I feel as if I'm banging my head against a wall and then you've got the press coming out and you've got fans of other clubs who are obviously just going to wind it up, which is fair enough. That's what other fans do. But like this whole entitled thing and you're spoiled. I don't feel spoiled as a Celtic fan right now. We've literally won two games in 12. The last time we won at home was September. <laughs> it's like, it's I, I am the opposite of spoiled right now. I seem sorry to butt in again, uh, Casey, but I think the, the kind of most baffling thing for me, Hamish, and I've no doubt that you, you'll feel the same is when you look at this, the run of form, right? It's that's one thing, but see, see that some of the results that are kind of papered in amongst it, like those results, and I like you thought obviously the the two four one doings off a of Sparta Prague, a very very average European team lost three 0 at home to Slavia on Saturday. I've seen that, yeah. So it's hi. Um there's obviously two now against Ross County in the League Cup. Um and just a whole host of other kind of way, way below average performances anyway in the league up until this point. But I, what the point I was gonna make was that they, those results kinda in isolation would be enough to especially in a job like Celtic, to put a manager under serious pressure and make their position put it in serious doubt. But then when you put it all together and they kind of run a form, it, I, that's why I just, I, I I couldn't believe after the Ross County game that he, he wasn't away. Um, I couldn't uh, just, I can almost kind of had to laugh um, when that he wasn't away after drawing with St. Johnson. Um, I mean, I think the only thing I can actually compare it to, I was having a think about is in terms of old firm managers who went through similar runs and, and kept their jobs Alec McLeish knew you were going to say him uh, see, he, see, um, see his final season there's yeah. similarities between now I know he got to the last 16 of the Champions League but between that and this season there is a lot of similarities uh, absolutely uh, uh, so I think it was 10 games we went without a win uh, 10 games and, but to be fair uh, to compare it to it the, the, and amongst those 10 games we had draws against Porto away, I think, and I think we drew Inter Milan in the Champions League at home, which we qualified for the last 16, the first Scottish team to do it. So, I mean, in terms of the, the length of time and the amount of pressure that was ramping up, I think there was six games in the league, including that run that we, that we went without winning. Um, two old firm defeats as well, I think, one in the League Cup. But, mm. I I mean, a, a weird thing, I was, I think I'd look back at it and uh, the, the result that we came out of the other end of that form was a win against Kilmarnock. Mm. <laughs> so another weird wee bit of uh, similarity there, but 
I, I mean, I, I just, I, they can, in a roundabout way, the point I'm making is that it's just that totally baffling that he's, he's kind of still there. Um, and the other thing in the statement as well that I didn't really get was the kind of, it'll be reviewed again in the new year. It's almost kind of saying like, we're not 100% sure that between now and then, everything's going to go the way we're trying to say it's going to in this statement. So, aye, I'll, I'll let KC get a word in. I mean, to be fair, I mean, there's there's no much for for me to add here. Um, I think that I just it's 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 embarrassing for like first and foremost, and I'm just reiterating Ramish has, has already said plenty of times. I mean, two wins in twelve is enough for for anybody at any club to be questioning their, their managerial position. Never mind what should be with respect to gamble there. The, the best club in the country right now because they should be and that's no disrespect to Rangers but with all the finance itself that I've got behind them and the years of dominance this shouldn't I think that this 10 in a row should be a formality my favourite word of the podcast going by, by David Martin to Lever as well but um, and, and it shouldn't even be up for debate yet here we are not even halfway through the season and to me, the league's gone. <laughs> and I know we, we've had jokes about that and Craig Gamble will be shaking his head at me <laughs> again for saying that. Playing the mind games to, to put a bit of pressure in Rangers. But no, for me, I think it is. And I just, I think that me and him spoke about it before we come on. Celtic will drop points. Uh, sorry, Rangers will drop points, of course they will. Celtic are still got to drop more and more. Unfortunately, I don't think that will happen Sunday. I think that Celtic will beat Kamarnock probably relatively comfortably on... Um, Sunday as well. Lennon saved his job twice against us. I, I made the point in the chat about that beforehand, and I'm not. I'm not saying that I went against Kilmarnock enough to, to save his job, but I think, I think that'll maybe buy him a wee bit of time if you get a good performance. People might go, you never know. Get another couple of results. We go to Ibrox, you never know. But I mean, one thing that I would like to maybe highlight here, but I think this could be controversial. But I mean, I got the. I think all the all the warning signs are there for the day one when they win in anyway, because I actually don't think Lennon's a bad manager. Uh, I like the job he did at Hibs, but we all know we could go on about that all day about how time runs out, you know, players ended up dressing, loses the dressing room eventually. But I mean, Lennon is in a title race. Has he ever really, you know, came like, if, if he's had a real competitor throughout a full season, I'd, I've never seen him really come out on top of that. His first season as Celtic manager, Walter Smith, last season. Rangers win the league and Celtic bottled it in two or three occasions. I recall them going to Inverness, Inverness. away. Right, Inverness away. And, and the beauty of that was uh, we were all getting blamed for, well, because I went to school in Kilmarnock and I school with plenty of Celtic fans about lying down to Rangers in the last game of the season. But end of the you, day... You beat us like the week before, didn't we? Exactly. Uh, and you beat us the week before that as well. What, four oh, nothing? Wow. That was the one Lennon get the bullet sent to him. Two goals in the first five minutes or something. <laughs> so Wednesday night, wasn't it? Aye, aye, exactly, exactly. So I'm like, right, so there's that. And Rangers come out winning the league there um, in the last day of the season. The season after... I do again recall that I think Rangers were 15 points clear at one point and then Celtic did pull that back and then again not to put a dampener in Gambo's mid here but we all, we all know what happened there um, and and obviously Rangers get the 15 point deduction as well and that psychologically you just can't, can't come back for that I mean so and I'm not saying that doesn't deserve credit they still need to go and do it there we go and then Rangers are in the league he wins another league or two before he leaves again he comes back last year and it is tight in the new year it looked like Celtic turned the corner but again I still think that you never know what could have happened with those eight or nine remaining games. I still think 
collectively it probably was the right decision. But what I'm saying is, is Lennon been for day one to the end of the season in a in a title race with anybody and actually delivered as a manager. I don't think he has, and that's what I'm saying. I think the warning signs are there. I I think that's that's a fair point. I can't argue with it. But the argument I will make is that I think you can say the same about Steven Gerrard in his career. I mean, it's the well-known thing that Gerrard's never won the league. And I see a lot of similarities between Rangers this season and Liverpool last season. The way they play, they play the same formation. They play the exact same way. The two teams, they get their whole thing comes for the two fullbacks, both Rangers and Liverpool. It's no surprise. I think Gerrard's built a lot of that from Liverpool. Um... The fact that Liverpool under Klopp took three or four years to get to that scintillating best, Rangers have taken you know three years to get to their best this season. It wouldn't surprise me if Steven Gerrard's in contact with Jurgen Klopp or someone else at Liverpool about this season because there's so many similarities. Celtic are like Man City were last year down south. They're just falling away. And Liverpool last year won the league and they were the best team by a mile, but I would love to have seen them under pressure, having to go somewhere and win a game and I would love to see the same with Rangers this year because I would love to see how Rangers would deal with it if we were, you know, three or four points behind and they had to go and the pressure was really coming on them. Because I, I, I personally feel that there's still vulnerabilities. You know, how many of that Rangers team have ever won a league title? McGregor, Davis, I think that's it unless, you know, I'm forgetting anyone. But my worry is that Rangers are going to be so far ahead by the new year and yes we'll have three games in hand but it gets to the stage where Rangers are going to be like Liverpool last year and there's going to be no pressure on Rangers at all and it's just going to be so easy for Gerrard just to say look keep going keep going keep going and he'll put his own pressure on the team like Klopp did last year and they'll just keep winning but I would love to actually for Celtic to just be close and and just to ask the question of Rangers because if Rangers win the league and Rangers are the best team in the country, which they are at the moment, I can accept that. It's tough and it'll hurt, but I can accept we've been beaten to the league by the better team because you can't always win everything and we have won everything for the last few years. But if Rangers win the league because we've just chucked it away, that's just unforgivable. And at the moment, you know, Rangers, as good as they've been, Rangers have dropped four points all season. I feel as if we have chucked it away the way we're going about at the moment. So um, how, how do you see it kind of playing out, Gamble, over the, the next few months as we you know we approach the the derby at the start of the year and then following on for that because obviously there's no winter break this year yeah i mean i mean i get i get why obviously you as a celtic fan would um just everything that you've just said there um 100 get why that would be your kind of thoughts obviously there's no enough said about the last two um post winter break seasons that we, we've had and we've kind of capitulated in both of them um, and both times it's been because we've almost kind of edged ahead a little bit and it's thought, oh, well, there's a chance here. And yeah, and the pressure's been obviously too much for us. Um, I just think just now, as much as I, again, get what you're saying about how poor Celtic have been, I think you do have to, and I know you did kind of say it as well, the, the fact that we've only drawn two games. Um, it's just the manner in, that we're kind of winning at the minute and, and the way that we're performing. I, I feel like there's kind of just taking Sunday for an example the first half an hour of the game we didn't really play well at all we, well not that we didn't play well we didn't start we weren't kind of can flying out the traps at all but there almost seems to be this kind of calmness about us just now which I hope continues but I'm under no illusions that it, it might there's going to be a blip along the way but the Rangers team just seem to everybody knows their jobs they're confident in the system and the process that Gerard's obviously drilling into them the coaching staff are, are drilling into them 
that yeah, it took us until what kind of twenty seven, twenty eight minutes and in, in Sunday to go one 0 up, and then after that it was just pretty much easy. She obviously, I think Harry Payton had the it was it had the chance for Ross County, but then McGregor shows you why he's in the team and the quality that he brings. He makes a great save about a minute and a half later. We're one 0 up. I just feel like at the minute, kind of looking towards the next kind of month or so. Anyway, we'll, we'll take the month of December, and then obviously the old firm game. I, I just. Yeah, there's just this feeling of kind of a confidence going into games, um, and I, yeah, I'm just in games last season. You, you like, for example, we're going away to Tannadice uh, on Sunday. I know it's the first time we've played them for a while, but last season I think there would have been a way for that Dundee United would have been able to say, right, we set up like this for straight Rangers, a very good chance that they'll, they'll struggle to break us down. I just don't think teams really know how to deal with the system we're playing at the minute. Um, we go away to St. Johnson as well, which has been a bit of a stuffy one for us um, under Gerard as well. Obviously, I, last time we were there, I remember we drew to each, I think. And again, I just feel like we'll go into that game full of confidence. The players kind of have this almost a bit of a kind of steely determination about them just now. Um, and going into the old firm game in your year, you've, uh, yeah, obviously I fancy is to win the game, but yeah, I just. <laughs> I, it, was, it was what I kind of was almost touching upon earlier when, when, when in that Celtic statement when they said about oh it'll be kind of reviewed in the new year. I mean, what what does happen if if Rangers do? Is all things are kind of pointing towards just now? Can I keep up this run of form? Go into the old firm game um, and win that, extend the lead? Then kind of where does where does Celtic go for there? Kind of thing. It's yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say we're going to win every game for now. At the end of the season, we're going to go unbeaten. I think that we will have games where we're not on it and we're not firing all cylinders. Um, but at the minute, when it matters, we're taking one game at a time. Um, I think the players certainly seem to look as if they've kept their heads away from all the kind of hysteria that's going on around Scottish football just now, and we're just concentrating on the job at hand, which is one game at a time. Um, and I think right now. Um, we look like we, we, I don't think we look like dropping points at the minute yeah the the one thing I'll say about Celtic and the one positive I hope comes for that statement is that and I don't know if it's the reason why the club mentioned the thing about the new year but hopefully now the speculation kind of dies down if that makes yeah, sense yeah. And, and I just wonder if the players have been playing to get him sacked they certainly look like they've been playing to get him sacked and I just wonder if the club's saying you know he's not getting sacked whatever happens which to be honest I don't take that at face value because if we as mental as this sounds but if we lose to Leo lose to Kelly and then lose the final to Hearts surely like he's gone <laughs> surely but but I just wonder if by the club saying that the players will then now go right he's here whatever we can't get him sacked now and we'll put a performance in because there's still good players there but it's just frustrating uh, but hey ho we'll see how it goes I'm, I'm sure we'll be revisiting at some stage Anyway, Scotland's World Cup uh, hopes came into focus yesterday. The draw was made. The draw is as follows. Denmark, Austria, Scotland, Israel, Faroe Islands and Moldova. Kelly Cal, are we happy with that? Aye, definitely. Um, I know we can want out of... Everybody's in the same boat here, but we're obviously sick of the sight of Israel, and I'm pretty sure they're, they're the exact same as us. Uh, we just can't see how Palestine feel. <laughs> yeah, I seen I seen that I seen a few of those those tweets uh, and I so nah it's I think that I think it's it's as good a group as as you'll get um, 
Every game is winnable, but then again, it is a close group, so teams will be taking points off each other, left, right and centre. The only thing that does concern me... Well, no, I know what, it actually does now. I was just more doing it for, for a talking point, and I think it will be fine, especially... If Steve the alcoholic Clark is still in charge there, man, we, we, we'll, those are exactly his kind of bread and butter games. But if I recall, was it the World Cup 2014 qualifying group that we had? And we had like Slovakia, uh, no, Serbia, Croatia maybe, Wales, and like... I'll, 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 I'll dig it up sorry on you go gamble Bel- Belgium in there as Belgium well. I was going to say I was just yeah Be- that Belgium was before, before they were like amazing Aye, they were alright they were decent but so my like uh, there we go I've got it up there I think Aye, so it was Belgium Croatia Serbia Scotland Wales and Macedonia right which on the face of it right I mean, considering the groups before, you've always had, you had like Holland you had France Italy Spain you know, all these teams and you get drawn a group like that even with Levine in charge, you're thinking, right, come on, like that's like, that's got to be minimum like third place. Um I think they might have even got you a, a qualifying round, but 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 I'm no no too sure. But but that was a winnable group and we were absolutely torture. Um looking back uh, we finished fourth um in that group taking eleven points from ten games, winning three, losing five. Um and and, and that was before Wales were, were uh, where, what they are now and I'm not going on as if, if we get Wales in a group now I would still take that I don't think they're overly great they've got but Gareth Bale who's world class and, and, and that's it but you know what I mean so I, I, I'm just trying to draw parallels between these two kind of groups because again I think there's a similar feel about that however I think we're in better hands now than we were in uh, 2012-ish there under uh, Mr Craig Levine What about the point that Johnny Clark raised in the group chat then yesterday Gamble uh, whether it's better to have a so-called open group like we've been given or one with a runaway winner like we've had in the past. I remember the, the group we had with Spain. I think Spain took maximum points from like 10 games, that group. Um, bearing, in mind, bearing in mind it's the top team only that qualifies. Second is playoff. Well, I think with with that kind of added caveat, it's definitely better to have the the group that we've got. Um, I do. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I hadn't actually thought about it until um, until Johnny had said that. But I, I mean, I mean, the SFA will maybe be gutted that there's no a kind of glamour Germany tie that you can charge as fifty quid a skull for a ticket. But uh, no, I think that. No, I, I mean, with the, with the top team being the only one that's going through, I think you would definitely have to say that um, looking at the teams in the group, that you would you would prefer that than having a, say, for example, a Germany or a Spain. Um, obviously, Germany were in our group, mind when they were meant to be the runaway ones, and then they're shipping the feet to Ireland, mind. So uh, it doesn't always work out like that anyway, which um, is obviously cost us a couple of times in the past. But no, I think it, it is an interesting way of looking at it. Um, but with the second place being only a playoff, I think this gives us a good opportunity to um, put right the wrongs of, of that um, Nations League kind of uh, disaster that we kind of had off the back of qualifying for the Euros. So um, I would definitely rather um, have that group Got to see. Yeah, in terms of the two big teams, Denmark are the, the top seeds for the group. They finished 
second in their Nations League group. They've got 10 points from six games, the same as England, but they finished ahead of England in the head-to-head. Belgium won that group with 15 points. Recent results, Denmark lost 4-2 away to Belgium, beat Iceland 2-1 at home, beat Sweden 2-0 in a friendly, beat England at Wembley, beat Iceland 3-0 away, beat Faroe Islands, who are obviously going to be in the group as well, in a friendly 4-0. In terms of Austria, they topped their League B of the Nations League group ahead of Norway, um, Romania and Northern Ireland were the other two teams that were in that group. Their recent results are quite good as well. 1-1 at home to Norway's Bees, I'm sure that was that game. That was the one when Norway had all the COVID call-offs. They beat Northern Ireland 2-1 at home, beat Luxembourg 3-0, Romania 1-0 away from home, beat Northern Ireland in Belfast, beat Greece in a friendly. So they're in a good run of form as well. So they're good teams there. They're both going to the Euros, I'm right in saying, I think. Yeah. Um, but we're a good side as well, aren't we? We've got to believe in that now. And that that's... They're good sides, but it, as you say, there isn't a Belgium there, there's not a France or a Spain. I mean, you probably would take Germany at the moment with the way they're going. Ah, but, but um, you know, that that's a group we can surely get a top two spot from. Or surely if we fancy it, you know, take four points out of six against the top teams and clean up against Faroe Islands and Moldova and we can do it, Casey. No, without a doubt, and obviously the 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 point that you raise initially with Gambo, I don't think that there's any doubt what group we would prefer, given there's only one uh, automatic qualification from it. Don't get me wrong, I would always fancy our chances in a playoff, but no, that group. I mean, that's. I mean, realistically, if if you were to go yesterday, and and try and pack the perfect group, I mean, you're going to get close to that. Like real, like if if you're. It, no for glamour games or thinking oh let's get England at Hamden or all that like for just purely right what's winnable and what isn't it how can we get to the World Cup you would come close to, to a group like that and I'd, I fear absolutely absolutely nothing from it and um, again it is, it is dodgy because there's no doubt there's got to be a lot of draws in that group I mean that's one thing that will stick out because I mean as we've said there's a lot of evenly matched sides but as, as Hamish has, has touched upon I mean if you go into the games against the so-called big two, but come on, buddy, Denmark and Austria. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, that's we should we shouldn't be fearing them. Good sides, aye, but I'm no I'm no fear for facing them. Um, if if we go and get positive results against them and then mop up against the rest, then I don't see why why we shouldn't be in the running to to win that group, and and that's certainly my expectancy. The biggest groan came when we were paired with Israel again. You've you've got to laugh, but. I'm not even laughing. I'm. I'm actually. I didn't laugh when I saw it. I'm just really pissed off. I, I said it after the last game. I, I really. I, the thing that most annoys me about Israel is we've played them five times. I think over the last two and a bit years, and I still can't work out whether they're a good team or not. I, I still. I can't work out if they're actually quite a good team, or if we've just been really poor against them. Because I think we've won one out of five games against them, and and. Alan McGregor made a really good late save in that one and James Forrest scored a hat-trick so I mean they've got some good players they've got the boy Solomon I think that scored against his last Solomon. team that's that's playing against uh, playing for Shakhtar Donetsk and uh, Munis Dabur is you know quite a good striker and obviously there's like the, the Celtic and Hibs guys but for me that's a bit bit of a grim fourth pot draw like because that's a team that we're going to struggle against I think I've got the fear already but I don't think Austria and Denmark will We'll struggle against them. But um, I wanted to ask you guys, 
whether there's a, a random team in Scottish football or, or world football, if you want, that you just can't stand. I mean, Gamble, your team's been you know across the lower leagues over the years. Was there a, a lower league team that, that you just get fed up with the sight of more than, more than any others? Um, I think one that springs to mind is probably uh, Montrose. I mean, I mean, going. Uh, I went away, away game up at Montrose. I just remember uh, reading in the program. The program was littered with uh, like Sevco and new club <laughs> references and all that. So I was like, right, hold on a minute here. And I think they actually. I don't know if I'm getting mixed up. I've tried to kind of blur some of the those games out of my memory, but I'm pretty sure Montrose maybe got a maybe a draw or beat us at Ibrox. Not in that that game. That, they had the you, you, the one and welcome. You won the league with a no no draw against Montrose. Aye, <laughs> which was a depressing event in itself. So I think maybe that's played into it a little bit. But I always remember like kind of getting to the game a wee bit early, reading the program, and I'm like, oh, hold on a minute, yeah, what's what's this all about? Um, but fair play to them. Uh, so the idea one that kind of stick in my head is. When we completed the journey uh, and get back up, it's not it's not a team that I look back on and, and hope to get any positive results. Casey, is there anyone comes to mind? I mean, I've I've been racking my brains uh, to be honest, and there's no in particular. I mean, I've always got kind of just reasons for hating certain teams. I think to be fair, but um, I don't know. But I used to when I was a wee boy, uh, absolutely despise Morton uh, because. I remember playing them in the Scottish Cup and I was quite buzzing about that and it was great, it was a proper Scottish Cup game like, like what you don't even see anymore and I hate to say that because I still think Scottish football was still our game it's no as far gone as England where these competitions don't matter but I remember we played more the Scottish Cup in 2007 and, um, I remember that game Aye Chris Templeman and Paul McGowan played for Martin that day aye and Templeman was outstanding and they like the fully well no the fully green I know that's a kind of da phrase man but like there was a great crowd <laughs> there must have been seven, eight thousand there man maybe my mind's playing tricks on me but if you go back and read the highlights eh, watch the highlights you'll see how packed Capital is great Kelly support as well you must be talking to a two and a half thousand maybe more um, and I, I just remember it was freezing cold I know man it's one of the coldest I've ever been in my life and we got one on calling this score so a couple of minutes into the second <laughs> half and think, there we go the hard bit's done we've got Naismith in that playing with and then Morton came back and beats 3-1 and to be honest it could have been a couple more than that they absolutely battered us and, and I, I always and I, it took me about two or three years to like Chelsea Dagger the song again because Morton used to play that when they, when they scored as well and it just reminded me of that it made me embarrassed and angry but no but now I can't really obviously obviously one of my mates plays with Morton so obviously I want to see them them do alright but I don't know eh uh, there's a, there's a couple of ones, but I mean, I'm not going to top any of them like I mean, that's, that's a good joke, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, um, probably a few teams there that have burst my coupons and that, 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 that I'd continue to back and they continue to let me down, so, nah, but just for kind of jest and I, Morton. And I don't really like Hearts, but I think that's not really a great secret of mine anyway. That's another thing about Montrose, by the way, they beat Cove Rangers to one the weekend. This team are just. <laughs> Aye, because Cole Cole for about one to four, man, wasn't they? Uh, no, I think maybe a wee, a, a wee bit closer to evens than that, but, but obviously, remember I was saying I've got my Cove to win the league bet. 
Aye, aye, aye. Mm. Aye, that's so, going to happen. So, so, so Montrose are just around to get me, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking to teams that lost at the weekend, we'll, we'll finish the podcast by chatting about your lot, Casey. Just, uh, it'd be rude to have you on and, and not discuss Kilmarnock. Um, we had Brandon on, the Hamilton fan, in the last show. And that seems to have done them a world of good. I think Hamilton of. <laughs> I'll, I'll use the phrase won or earned seven points. Of course, one of them was a, a 3-0, four feet away to St Mirren. But, you know, they get the draw against Aberdeen, victory against your lot, and, and suddenly Hamilton have gone for like four or five points adrift to up to 10th in the league and six points off a top six spot. I mean, that's their story. But what about what about your side? Because it's uh, it's just really inconsistent for Kelly, isn't it? I mean, you're, you're winning three games in a row, including the League Cup, and then you go to Hamilton and lose that one? Aye, I mean, it's obviously frustrating, and the the whole aspect as well, I mean, in regards to points, it's obviously a kick in the stones, what happened to the commander last week with the, the £40,000 fine and the 3-0 walkover for, for Motherwell, um, which has obviously let Motherwell, I kind of maybe leapfrog as I think, in the league. I've kind of even lost track with the league because teams are moving about all the time outside the top four, it's just... It's a mess to be honest, eh, if, if <laughs> for what I want to call it. But no, I mean Saturday was frustrating. I mean I'm I'm no Dyer's biggest fan. Um, I've been critical of him, and I think justly critical. Obviously, want him to do well. I never want to see managers fail, um, and I do like him. Eh, but I just think, as you said, the keyword there is inconsistency. There's times, there's phases of play we look really good, and then there's times we're poor. But I'm no way. I don't think it, it's no Dyer's fault on Saturday. I think if, if De Camona doesn't get sent off, we don't lose that game. What a stupid challenge. I mean, what's he playing at? Like, nothing near the part. Centre half dives in too fit at there. I mean, I've seen people try to debate there wasn't a red card, but it is every single day of the week. I mean, there's no doubt about it for me. It's a, it's a red and just total stupidity. On that as well, I think every single Kelly Hamilton game this season and last season, there's been a red card. Um, <laughs> if, if I'm right in saying so, it, it, just, it just shows you. Um, we obviously are unlucky. Um, we should have had a penalty. I've no doubt about that. It's a, it's a stone wall. It's a handball. It's a, it's a penalty kick. And especially when you go and concede that penalty, when he doesn't give that, and he's just sent one of your players off, is obviously frustrating. But I think even with the ten men, we didn't look too bad. But it's just it's frustrating to watch. And the one thing about again we can't keep going on about the Steve Clark era because we've got to go on with that, and we're never going to get that again. Um, or as good as that again but like these games even when you get down to 10 men or, or you're frustrating you don't lose them you know what I mean or you maybe lose one in bloody the same situation 10 times whereas see with Dyer we're losing too many games Hamilton's in uh, St Mern's and that that's more towards the end of last season than this but it's just total lack of consistency and I just I hope that we don't get dragged into a relegation battle. I obviously had a joke in the, the chat that I think that we should just call the league as is, uh, like they did last season, and, and I, I would take that the new. Because Rangers have won the league. We all know that. That's a foregone conclusion that Rangers have won the league. And I'll take uh, no getting dragged into a relegation battle again the new, to be honest. So, uh, aye. But hey, oh, you've got a winnable game on Sunday, so that's the positives there for Kelly. He's a. I'm just looking there, four of your last five league games, you've lost them all 1-0, other than the 3-1 win at home to Ross County, the other four have all been lost 1-0, um, which obviously shows a, a real problem there of, of not scoring goals, you're not exactly shipping many either, but it's just narrow, victory, uh, narrow defeats for you, 
Anyway, is there anything else you guys want to bring up? Anything that's happened, even in your personal lives or anything? That sounds quite kind of intrusive, but if there's anything you want to bring up, go for it. Can I quickly just go there? Um, just to give the St. Johnson fan a shout out, because I meant to say that there. The commentator, the, the ongoing spat. Uh, just on that, you said about <laughs> losing all the games one nothing. You're right. Um, but as I said, out of all these games, the only two games I think we've been like, well, three now, because we've been actually outplayed this season and like deserve to lose. We're the two games to Rangers and the last game at McDermott Park because we didn't do a podcast then. So I want to give him his dues and they actually should have beat us by, by a couple that night. So uh, I would like to uh, wave a flag of peace there. <laughs> it's like the, the greatest <laughs> rivalry of all time was Bruin, Comanic, <laughs> St. Johnson. There's going to be fireworks the next time we meet at Rugby Park. Uh, Gamble, anything happening your side? Nothing much for me. I'd love to have something for us, but a bit of part or anything, but not. I've been <laughs> still working for home, still within these four walls, so nothing much on Gamble. my mind, I'm afraid. Yes, Gamble, but, you have, you've just watched the two greatest films of all time for the first oh, time. Surely that's a talking point. Of course. I, uh, something very big has happened this week. I've watched The Godfather parts one and two. Uh, as I said in my tweet, I don't know what I've been up to for the last 27 and a half years that it's taken me this long to watch it, but part three after this tonight, lads. So, P- part um, three I, is, is nowhere near as bad as people make it out to be, by the way. It's a good film. If it was a standalone film, people would be saying how good it is, but they compare it to the other two, but I'm no spoiling anything there. I'm a horrible, horrible snob for not liking old films. When was it made? Or what, uh, roughly when was it made? First Godfather's 72, isn't it? 1972. I'm sorry, I'm not going nah, that, it's I'm not going phenomenal. that back. And the second one's, what, 75? Uh, I think so, I think a few years later. I, see, if, if that's if you're not into it, Hamish, I, I can't do style it. of films that you would hate it. <laughs> I've also got the weirdest thing ever, and this is, I can't believe I'm saying this live in a podcast, but I can't eat food if there's like an old thing on telly, I can't do it. I, I just, <laughs> <laughs> it's mental. Oh, the the furthest back, to be fair, I've been watching classic films. I watched, uh, have you ever seen Falling Down? No, I know what you're talking about though. It's on Netflix now, isn't it? That's early 90s, I think. That's mm. as far back as I can go. Oh, I, just, I, can't I, can't, on, I can't do it. I can't no, do it. No, I think, I think that... I, I, I can see where you're coming from but The Godfather though I mean it's Al Pacino that's in it I mean like Al Pacino's Aye. like, like it's, it's no like something Robert Duvall who obviously the finest he's, performance he's ever he's had in a film he's down I, well <laughs> I, exactly but his greatest performance ever was when he starred alongside Ali McCoyst in A Shot at Glory which of course was of course. filmed at Rugby Park and, and, and all, all the rest of it but wow. nah the, the Godfather films are, are sensational we've managed to find a Scottish football link there when we're talking about great Movies. That is top class, isn't it? <laughs> well, probably the perfect way to, to, to finish the podcast. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this. If you've got any thoughts on any of the crap we've spouted in the last hour, if you want to chat about movies or anything, you can get us. We are on Twitter, at Burstball Podcast. We're on Facebook as well. We don't really use that other than to post the podcasts. Give us a follow, tweet us, do whatever you want, and we'll speak to you very soon.